This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Flat track bullies or a big win to reignite our season. Plenty to discuss. This is Blue Monday. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Mikey Pentysmith and this is a live match reaction show. And joining me up in the Northwest is Seb Brown. That was much more enjoyable, wasn't it, Seb? That's just what we needed. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's been a bit horrible for the last kind of what three, four days, hasn't it? With social media and Twitter and the message board, it's been a bit of panic and doom and gloom. So, thankfully, that was exactly what I think we needed tonight as town fans. Yeah, very much so, and and just good to be able to see a game as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. That always, that's always nice. I've noticed there's been no highlights from the Oxford game put out by either side. So I'm guessing the uh, the cameras they misused for their highlights at the weekend were just as bad as the iFollow one. So, no, thankfully, no no fog in the East Anglian area. So having a, uh, having a ground with four sides made a world of difference. So a nice clear night for us tonight. Yeah, it was perfect, wasn't it? Let's, um, as this is a live show, say hello to who's joining us. We've got Charlie D with us. Uh, Zach Ips F1 says that's more like it. Absolutely. James Ruddock sips a large glass <laughs> of we're going up juice. Steady on, steady on. Um, but it's beginning to look a, a little bit better. Chris Holmes says, shame we only managed four. The game did sort of peter out a little bit in the second half, didn't it, Seb? It did, yeah. The, the substitutions, I mean, they made four at half time, and then we started giving people a run out. We all predicted the, the 60th minute changes in our Telegram group of, of what was going to happen, and it kind of killed the momentum of the game. But that first half, we'll also go through it in a minute. That first half was absolutely superb, and it's, it's exactly what we wanted and exactly what we needed, wasn't it? It was indeed. And is it Zorak says, Clark, what a player, what a home debut that was, Seb amazing wasn't it yeah we yeah we all kind of thought he'd start being cup tied at the weekend you know you don't go and spend seven figures on a player and then leave him on the bench and kind of drip feed him you want him in the lineup and yeah he showed everything tonight didn't he He had great positioning great pace great passing ability looks like a unit he looks like an athlete he was still bombing kind of down the down the wing in the 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 latter stages of the game and he's he's not played that much for stoke so i'm not entirely sure he's fully match fit yet but he just looked an absolute cut above and yeah i think Danassian might have a bit of a fight on his hands to get back in the side for the league games he'll probably play at the weekend because obviously clark is cup tied but i thought he just looked absolutely superb in that in that right sided center back slash right wing back role 
He did. He did. Let's look a little bit closer at that starting lineup. And it, it there was a few shocks, wasn't there, Seb? Especially Richard Co- Richard Keogh coming in. I think a few of us maybe expected to see Edmondson tonight, but Keogh coming in as well was a little bit of a shock. Very much so. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, and I guess the guys discussed it on the on the flagship. I thought we'd see a bit of rotation. I thought Clark would naturally come in. I, I thought Edmondson, if he was fit, no one seemed to know what the what the situation with him was. So I kind of figured if he was fit, he might come in for Burgess, <clears throat> who's had a bit of a, a dodgy couple of games. Maybe the rest of the side kind of picks itself. Broadhead, I'd like to see get a start from what from what we could kind of make out in the fog and the and the stuff at Oxford. He looked did he, good. Did he play he well? Look- did he? He looked direct from what we could see. Obviously, you were there, so I'm sure you can comment better on me. But uh, but yeah, he, he looks like a direct kind of play, runs with the ball and looks to make things happen. And I thought Hurst would again start up front to kind of, you know, blow the cobwebs off a little bit and get him yeah, a, a bit did. more game time. But McKenna goes for Ladapo and has proven that's an inspired choice, isn't it? So the, the big shock was the two centre-halves. Yeah, I guess we don't know the situation with Wolford. Then he might have pulled something in training, might have needed a rest. It's strange that he was dropped completely. I guess we'll, we'll find out in the post-match presses. But yeah, a, a Kiowa side, uh, I thought most of them were kind of common sense changes. Indeed. And yeah, please do keep us up to date in the comments if you're multitasking and you and you hear from McKenna what what was behind the well what the, what was the reasoning for Burgess and Wolfenden missing out on the squad entirely. Let's have a quick look at the Morecambe team. Um Mr. Ripley in goal. Um did you say and yeah uh, David Weir's son, just in yeah. case people weren't feeling old enough with um David Hurst's son playing for us. Uh who was this youngster um, so Danny Mayer, yeah, he was the kind of player in the left wing back role who got subbed at half time. Him and Delaney, the left sided centre back, both got hooked at half time. They kind of completely changed the left hand side of their of their formation given what happened in the first forty five minutes. And I kind of thought he looked a bit of a fish out of water. So I just had a, a quick look on a couple of websites, and I think to be seventeen years old for one, to be fair, and I think he was playing out of position. They've got him down as a as a forward on most of the sites, including the Morecambe site. So I think to be fair to the to the kid, he was playing out of out of uh, out of position and just got torn apart by Wes Burns, didn't he, tonight? He did, yeah. Um, I Yeah, it felt like the Wes Burns of old, mm. not just because of the way that he was so productive in that first half, but by the fact that Morecambe didn't really seem to know what to do with him. And at times this year, it's looked like he's been found out a little bit or at least targeted, double marked, etc. But it certainly wasn't the case in the first half tonight. So let's um, get into the action then, and there was plenty, plenty of it in the <laughs> in that first half, especially Seb. We win a corner down our right side in the first minute of the game, so a really positive start. Um, and yeah, it was sort of the type of goal that we we've, we've been conceding, wasn't it? Like a bit of a, a loose ball, failing to Morecambe failing to defend the second ball, it falls to Ladapo, and he sweeps it in. It was, yeah, exactly what we needed. I think Rich put in the Telegram group saying it was a bit of a kind of a flat atmosphere in the ground at kickoff. I guess everyone was a little bit nervous maybe. And I actually I stuck it in the group saying what we need tonight is an early goal. And within, I think, about 15 seconds of me writing that, the Dapo is, is slamming home. It's a corner played in by Davis, isn't it? We get a bit lucky. The kind of centre-half heads the ball against the guy that falls over and it just rebounds rebounds to the Dapo. And that's where you want your, your number nine, you know, a similar goal to, to Oxford in terms of, you know, he's kind of in the right place at the right time to 
to stroke the ball home. And I think you could you could almost hear with the the celebration of the crowd, the kind of nerves started to lift straight away. And 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 yeah, exactly what we needed. It was a a, a well worked kind of you know set piece thrown in there and Ladapo where you want him in the right place at the right time and, and fully justifying his selection. A great start to the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you think it might have helped as it was a little bit nervous that that we again maybe we've stumbled into something here with us attacking towards the Bobby Robson stand because I know I don't like it. Nobody likes it, but that is two home wins in a row, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and starting the game well. Yeah, with a, a seven nil aggregate score between Oxford on Boxing Day and and today, I'm sure that there'll be stats for what, what the overall kind of position. Maybe we're better at that. We do start the game, you know, when we start the game well and play with high tempo. I mean, we were we were passing the ball around really nicely today with some really nice kind of one touch, two stuff, two touch stuff in and around the box. Maybe if we start games, we need to be attacking the north stand, and it shouldn't be the the kind of general sigh that happens when sides kind of switch us round mm-hmm. because you know maybe it does help us starting games quickly and, and blowing opponents away and therefore not giving them that chance to kind of you know come back at us at any point in the game maybe, maybe it's not necessarily a bad thing no maybe we'll, we'll maybe do it in not. the playoff semi the playoff semi-final second leg we'll uh, we'll make sure we attack towards the north stand <laughs> in the first half cool playoff talk already uh <laughs> thank you very much david bergen i think he might have already have donated twice two different ways 10 euros Bless both you. times thank you very much dave uh hope hope you're doing well over in ireland um Right, so carrying on with this exciting action, there was a at the other end actually probably mm. the biggest scare of the night, wasn't it? Um, yes, set piece, we, it was set, a piece. set piece. Yeah, free kick came across the back post. Um, I'm not sure who the player was that the ball fell to, but Edmondson and Evans both threw themselves at it. Threw themselves they? at it superbly, didn't they? I think a good block there from. I think it was Edmondson. We'll give it to Yeah, him. I think it was. Yeah, set piece to the back post. Leif Davis just kind of misjudges the flight of the ball and, and misses the header. Falls to their play. I'm not sure. I think it was uh, Weir who put the ball in. I'm not sure who it fell to. And then, yeah, that's where you want your centre-half, isn't it? Absolutely flying across to, uh, to to just block the shot. And that was probably their most threatening moment of the night, wasn't it? And that was, that was a crucial block because it was within, what, two minutes, two and a half minutes of us yeah. taking the lead. So, yeah, really crucial block. And then after that, we were just absolutely relentless, weren't we? We were indeed. And I think, yeah, in the flagship, the lads, uh, Dave and Craig, were talking about maybe the need to be slightly less complicated with the play and to certainly to take more shots from distance. And that's what we saw what we saw a few times tonight. Um, in the fifth minute, Broadhead um, seems like Chaplin, really good, no centre of gravity and good at just getting a shot away when the ball's underneath him. Goalkeeper makes a good save from his one. And then moments later, the ball comes out to Evans, who cracks the fantastic shot from about 25 yards out hits the post that would have been some goal wouldn't it yeah it was a great hit wasn't it and I think Broadhead at that point had already had a kind of a shot on target and we were just yeah it was wave after wave and they just couldn't cope with us it opens up nicely for Evans he's got that in his locker you know we have seen it a couple of times since he since he joined us he normally looks to make that extra pass in and around the box or in and around the D doesn't he but that time yeah he just opened up his body got the shot off and he was really unlucky with hitting the outside of the post indeed and on the on the subjects of switching ends, Flim Flam says, "Don't think too many teams will want to switch ends if they win the toss in future." Yeah, maybe that maybe that will be something that puts off the opposition captain after if, if they if they're wise to it. Um, right, so sixteen minutes. Um, that was how long we'd been playing when it was two nil. Chaplin picks the pocket of a Morecambe midfielder. Broadhead carries the ball, and that timing of the pass and the, and just the pace of it, everything about it was perfect. 
Ladapo was a little bit wide here, wasn't he, Seb? But finished it superbly. Yeah, brilliant play from Chaplin to kind of pick up the ball and pick out Broadhead. Broadhead drives with the ball, and then you see kind of Lapa pointing where he wants it. He kind of wants it almost more in front of him, and and the pass slightly goes to the to sort of slightly wide in the as he's running into the box. But it's a it's an absolutely brilliant finish. You know, I I thought he was going to try and hold the ball up, maybe look to return it to to Broadhead or to Chaplin, kind of arriving, but no. He's a man in confidence now. He's got that opening goal and he's, uh, yeah, takes that takes the touch and fires it across the keeper in off the post. And yeah, really, really lovely finish, I thought. And a lovely through ball from Broder to create it. But credit to Chaplin as well for winning that ball in the first place and kind of creating the whole move off. And at that point, it was game over because we probably should have been two or three up at that point. You've got the Evans ones that hits the post, two goals, Ladapo scores. Broadhead, I think, had had one straight at the keeper. And yeah, at, at that point, even at 16 minutes, you kind of felt it was game over. Morecambe couldn't really deal with us. And it kind of became one of those games where you're thinking, okay, we look we look up for this tonight. We look like we're in the mood to to batter somebody. How many can we, you know, how many can this can this be tonight? And that's that's how it turned out in the end. But a lovely second goal and a really nice finish for Ladapo. He's kind of raised his game, hasn't he? Since since Hurst has come in, you know, Hurst was there for the Rotherham game. Well, Ladapo, I thought, played really well. He scored a lovely goal where he takes it around the keeper. He won the mm -hmm. penalty that night that day. I thought he was okay against Plymouth. Maybe, you know, maybe a bit of pressure to score with with Hurst being on the bench. But tonight, I think he showed you know he can he can lead the line really really well and it's kind of if it takes if, if signing Hurst takes Ladapo up a level as well then it can only be a good thing yeah he was pinning his man really well it wasn't just the goals tonight from Ladapo he he worked hard off the ball his movement was good obviously got the two goals got got a couple of other half chances as well but it was just the way that he was pinning his man just like Hurst was doing to yeah. to his and, man and on, some some of his on one touch stuff was really good as well wasn't it to to mm -hmm. you know feed the ball into Ladapo he's, he's he's strong on the defender and he's looking to kind of you know one touch layoffs to the likes of Chaplin and Broadhead in around the box I I thought he was really really good tonight indeed and another man that was really good tonight although we only saw him for 45 minutes was was Wes Burns um He's heavily involved in the 38th minute when we made it 3-0. Clark again involved, carrying the ball forward. Burns exchanges passes with, with Morse. He gets to that spot of the pitch, just that perfect patch of grass that he likes to, to run across. Gets his cross to Chaplin, who just so composed in there on his weaker foot. Not a great pitch tonight, was it? But a really good, a really good team move and a fantastic finish from Connor Chaplin. It was a lovely goal, the one touch, wasn't it? The one touch into Morsey, you know, the instant control and the instant pass down the line for Burns running onto it. Burns, as we as we see again for the fourth goal, has got behind his man. Like you say, it's more of a, a throwback to the Burns of last season where he was just roasting fullbacks and having them on toast. And then we've seen with Chaplin so many times, he's so clever, he just stops, doesn't he? You know, he's being tracked into the box, he just hangs back, waits for the space to create itself. Burns picks him out, it's on his wrong foot, his right foot, and it's a neat finish into the far corner. And yeah, Chaplin in those kind of positions is so so clinical and he's so clever just to just to create the space he's a, a really intelligent footballer and the the fourth goal was almost a, a, a carbon copy again wasn't it it's clearly something they've been working on in, in in training and stuff burns going down the wing and chaplin holding back and yeah three nil at the was that the 38th minute i think it was for three nil um yeah uh, yeah at, at that point like i say it's game over and you're thinking how many could this be tonight and uh, another lovely lovely goal it was indeed. And then there was more great wing play from Burns. It was just the Wes Burns show at this at this part <laughs> of the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, well, and Harry Clark as well, of course. Um, really good wing play from him. Ladapo came close to the first half hat-trick that I think he would have really wanted. He never quite looked like getting it in the second half. It was just, it was 
too easy for us at times, wasn't it? We looked like we were going to score every time we went forward. And on the stroke of half-time, Burns crosses the chap- for Chaplin, takes a touch. Bit of a deflected shot yeah. this time. It, God, if it, They will hate watching that one back, Morecambe, because that was so basic, wasn't it? And just giving Chaplin so much space on like the penalty spot. I mean, it's good movement from him. Don't get me wrong. Like he's rather than dashing into the box, like a center forward, he, he makes that run and then he hangs back really clever movement. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've let him do the exact same thing a few minutes earlier. So, you know, it is, it is basics, isn't it? The two goals were almost kind of carbon copies. It's, it's Burns having the full back and the left side of defender on toast and, and, and Chaplin just kind of holding back and picking his spot. And yeah, like you say, it, it, it is the basics, but Chaplin is so good at that. I, I guess if you, if the ball falls to somebody in the opposition box in our, in our lineup, you'd almost want it to be Connor Chaplin every time because he is so clinical in those positions. And I think he must be nearly what 16 goals now for the season in, in all comps I think he's got I think yeah. he had 10 in the league before tonight so that's 12 in the league and I'm sure he got a couple against Bracknell and definitely one against um uh whoever we played in the first round of the uh Buxton. the cup yeah sorry yeah Buxton um and one against Bracknell so yeah he must be you know he must be 16 for the season now so far and yeah an absolutely crucial player to us who has hit a lovely run of form he had a bit of a dip didn't he bit of a dip in kind of november time he was amazing for september and wins the player of the month bit of a drop off in kind of october november and then since probably the start of december he's been absolutely superb so yeah another lovely goal all made down that right hand side clark and burns were linking up so so well i guess we've been kind of waxing lyrical at times last season about that Danassian and, and Burns relationship haven't we how you know Burns isn't as effective when Danassian doesn't play and maybe vice versa the yeah. understanding they've got but in the first 45 minutes Clark kind of showed you know he was on the wavelength straight away and I think it was his marauding that helped create the space for Burns to get those runs to the mm-hmm. uh, in, in behind the fullback to the byline I think with Clark I think we all expected him to be a really good technical player um, he's obviously come in and shown everyone what a good physical player he is as well but he it's not just that there was a really good moment in the first half where he chases down a loose ball and throws yeah. himself into a into a tackle, but he's quick as quick yeah. across the ground as well. And the way that he he already seems to be just linking up with Chaplin and Burns. We'll get on to the second half. We weren't really at it, and obviously the the substitutes changed it. But Clark was still just <laughs> classy, wasn't he? Every time he had the he's ball. A, he's an absolute athlete, isn't he? He's an absolute uni. He's a big guy. He's a he's strong beast. guy. And he was just, yeah, up and down. Like you say, we all expect him to be technically good because of, you know, he obviously started with us, but he's gone. He spent a few years with Arsenal. So you kind of expect him to have that kind of Premier League level of, uh, of technical coaching. But yeah, from an from a athleticism point of view, I thought he was absolutely superb. He pinged a lovely ball down the byline towards the end for Jackson to run onto. And it was still in the kind of, you know, plus 80 minutes and he's still making runs that like you said that moment in the first half where he uh where he runs out wins the ball crunches their play who stayed down for a minute that's kind of almost like a you know yes this is what i'm all about and the fans are like oh yeah welcome to town you'll do for us it was a a, a really really amazing performance from him i thought probably well i guess ladapo and chaplin scored both goals but i thought clark was definitely running for the man of the match because i thought he was superb all night yeah i think burns was definitely going to be up there as well wasn't he had he yeah. had he not gone off and then ladapo goes off a little bit early yeah. as well i think clark probably across the 90 minutes deserves it especially for a home debut seb do you think obviously us fans we needed we kind of needed that first half tonight didn't we do you, do you think maybe some of our attacking players needed it as well yeah, potentially maybe for, for confidence. I mean, you know, we've had so many games recently where we just haven't taken our chances. Saturday being the prime example, we created 
six, I think it was, clear chances. I'm sure you saw one of them before the fog descended. Um, but yeah, we have been guilty of missing chances, and that's the problem. I've seen a lot of debate this week on Twitter and our Telegram group about, you know, do we need a plan B? Or do we just stick with the plan A, which does work and creates chances and we're not just being clinical enough? I think tonight proved that when McKenna ball is in full flow, you know, when you've got wingers and fullbacks getting to the byline, cutting these balls back to the edge of the D in the penalty spot, if you've got people in the right place to take those chances, then, you know, it, no, no side of the division will be able to live with us. And that's what we saw at times tonight. And obviously Chaplin's in a good run of form. I think getting a couple of goals will do the world of good for Ladapo. Like I say, he's been impressive, I think, since Hurst joined. It would have been lovely in the second half if we could have got a goal for Hurst mm-hmm. um, just to kind of, you know, get that that monkey off his back. And, and, and Broadhead, I thought, looked sharp as well. Had a couple of chances. One he fired in, the keeper kind of almost spilt and Chaplin was ready to pounce for the rebound. And yeah, a bit of a confidence booster before a bit of a free hit at the weekend with Burnley. And then a big game against Cambridge coming up when the top two play each other. So when you, when you when you blow a side apart like we did in the first half and score four goals, I think everybody gets encouragement, the management, the, the team, and obviously all us as fans as well. It was a, a superb 90 minutes and exactly what we needed. Indeed. And when you're 4-0 up at halftime, it can go one of two ways, really, can't it? You can either go out and go for the jugular or the opposition wisens up a little bit and yeah. doesn't doesn't take too many risks, which which is what happened. And in the end, it was a good opportunity for us to to rotate a little bit, wasn't it? Maybe a little bit surprised that it was as Burns came off at half time. Fair enough, he had a good first half, as we've mentioned. A little bit surprised that it was Jackson that that came on. Seb, I guess the alternative would be what Edwards. I guess from all the players that were were on the bench, maybe yeah. But Jackson mm. in, in that right hand channel against Rotherham in the FA Cup, I thought Jackson was superb. And I guess Burns's pace. I mean, Jackson's even faster than Burns, isn't he? So if you want to kind of look to continue that kind of avenue of attack, then I guess Jackson would be the the, the logical one for it. And, and some really sensible substitutions as well. You know, Moores is still on these eight yellow cards. If he had picked up a silly booking and then gets booked against Cambridge, he would have missed the Sheffield Wednesday game. So a sensible removal by him, I thought. And, um, and, and, and yeah, just some, just getting some game time into others. Like I say, it would have been nice if we could have got a goal for Hurst. Um, but, but the other changes I thought were all, were all pretty sensible. Indeed, yeah. Neil Perk says Morecambe sat back, damage limitation. They, they absolutely they, did, didn't they? Yeah, they made changes. Did they shut down the whole of the left-hand side? They changed their left centre-back and their left full-back at half-time and their right forward and their right wing-back. So they just kind of looked at sharp shops down both flanks and it kind of killed the game a little bit, didn't it? Here's one for you. I don't actually know the answer to this. Put it in the chat if people do know. When was the last time we scored four goals in the first half of a of a league game. I can I remember Avenir begging in the UEFA Cup. So that's not a league game. I remember Sunderland I with think, the Finidi George chip. Saw, have we have we scored one since I then? I saw on Twitter somebody said that we we were once four 0 up at home against Burnley. Pablo Cunago scored a couple. Okay. Um so that would have been what, two thousand and four ish. Okay, right. Okay. Um, yeah. All I could think of was the Sunderland Finidi George kind of game. I don't we were never going to be four 0 up under Mick at any point, I guess, in the first half of the game, were we? So, no. yeah, okay, if it's, if it's Burnley, yeah, fair enough. If, yeah, I just, I just couldn't think who it could have been. Hmm. Uh, Martin's pointed out that Burns took a blow just before half time, and that's completely forgotten about that. He took a bit of a blow to the face, didn't he? Yeah, and if there's any doubt, obviously just just get him off. You know, if there's any doubts, he can have a, he can have a weekend off now and look to go again for Cambridge in 10 days' time. Indeed, and I haven't got too many notes for the second half, Seb. It petered out, really, didn't it? Yeah, Broadhead had a really nice shot from the edge of the box. 
which Mr. Ripley saved. Um, that was probably as as good as it got, wasn't it? There was a few nice touches here and there, but I think, yeah, the pace of the game had sort of gone yeah. a little bit. Morecambe got themselves really organised, got men behind the ball, didn't they? And, and also the pitch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really not... deteriorating. It's not it's not going to be great this time of the year, but um, my mate Henry said to me during the game, he's looking forward to seeing us on a different pitch next season. Yeah, Obviously, it'll be amazing with the new, position. yeah, is it Desio, Tessio, whatever it is, pitched in there and it stays in a much much better condition. Yeah, I thought it all just petered out in the second half due to the subs. The atmosphere went a little bit flat as well. One thing I thought was really impressive, though, was the, some. I guess it was Keo or Morsey or somebody, you could just hear them directing people around the yeah. pitch, couldn't you? I, I yeah. assume it was Keo because naturally he's a, you know, a very vocal person. And yeah, I found that side of it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, from Michael. Yeah, so yeah, Ma- so- Michael Warner asked, uh, Keo is like a manager slash coach on the pitch. Talks everyone yeah. through the game. Is he going to be our mogger for the second half of the season? Could you could you see him keeping hold of his hold of his place in the team, Seb? Or I thought he played well. More- I thought he I thought you know his his, his, his organisation and his leadership are invaluable. I thought he pinged out some nice passes in the first half, but I think you know Wolfenden would be you know my first choice of the centre backs, given how well he's played. Okay, he was out muscled and turned a bit easily for the goal against Oxford at the weekend, but but I like the Wolfenden Edmondson partnership personally at the back because it gives you two options to bring the ball out and and kind of you know quickly look to link play with midfield and the wider players and that's that's how I like to see the the back players kind of play. So I think Kier will have a role. Um, I, you know even if he's not on the bench, he's going to be contributing in the dressing room and contributing with the analysts a bit like a Luko's doing these days. And I'm sure there'll be times where he's thrown on to kind of see out a game or maybe step in for injuries and suspensions as the as the season goes on. But I think if everybody if everybody was fit and it was a playoff final tomorrow surely you'd have Wolfen in that side yeah Wolfen has been one of one of our players of the season hasn't he I was thinking yeah. more it's it's maybe more likely to be Wolfen than Keo, um potentially but then that's a, a completely different partnership to what we've seen already Flim Flam has an answer to your question we we did score four goals in that oh yeah I was there yeah good yeah. point I was there I forgot about that I've blurred that it, it was 4-1 though, though wasn't it so <laughs> Yeah, I've I've blanked out my memory because we'll see. Steve McLaren gave an inspiring halftime team talk, and we walked away from Pride Park having drawn four. Oh no, yeah, I've completely forgot about that one. Yeah, mm. yeah. Please do keep getting your questions in in the chat. Matt Gentleman asks, "What does tonight really say about whether McKenna Ball is going to get some results against the top six? Well, the difference was obviously we saw against Plymouth. If you press us high and you know you put somebody on Walton and he can't take a touch and take time on the ball, then it does start to affect us. Morecambe didn't do that you know they kind of sat back and that's when McKenna ball is great because you know you can use your pace to kind of really look to to break lines quickly and get in behind I assume when Wednesday come to Portman Road they too will press us high and look to you know stifle um, distribution from the back and we'll have to learn to live with that but when McKenna ball works and it's on forms I, I think it's the best football in the division indeed yeah Matt's Matt's tuned in from LA Seb uh this afternoon over there, I imagine the weather's slightly better. <laughs> Although I, I don't think it's particularly hot this time of year. Uh, new acquisitions look impressive. Good for Freddie to get on the score sheet. Healthy competitions for places is a positive. And yeah, like you say, it would have been nice for Hurst to get on the on the score sheet, but brilliant to have. I don't think Hurst is short on confidence, so brilliant to to have Ladapo absolutely firing on all cylinders. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting for the Cambridge game what he'll do now because I think Hurst can play against Burnley, so I, uh, I assume he'll come back in to get some more minutes against Burnley at the weekend, and then it's a big call for McKenna away to Cambridge. What he does, you know, um, Ladapo's the man kind of in form with the shirt, but if you know if Hurst can get a little bit more minutes under his belt against Burnley and put in a decent performance, I liked it in the second half where he kind of you know went down the touch line and looked to cut back in field to pick out I think it was Edwards or something to show that he's you know he's kind of getting there a little bit, mm. and if we uh, if we can get them both fit and firing, then yeah, brilliant, you know. That's what you want you want your your kind of your your second choice strike if that's what Ladapo's going to be I I think they'll they'll kind of rotate and share duties for the yeah, rest McKenna of the season. Yeah, McKenna seems but... he seems to like doing that, doesn't he? Because he did it with yeah. Ladapo and John Jules at the start of the season. So a horses for course of a, horses for courses approach. I think so, um, <laughs> but the, the the crucial thing is that you know he's 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 got his confidence up again now with those those two goals, a close range poaching finish, and then a, then a great finish on the on the angle that hit the post and went in. And if, if you know if that's kind of your your second choice striker, so to speak, um, then then what a great place to be. And if they keep pushing each other for the rest of the season, and Hurst can get himself up to match fitness and score a couple here and there, then you know it's a great place to be with the forward options because we've seen in the past haven't we you know sometimes with, with with Jackson through the middle we do start to suffer when we haven't got that maybe that player who can kind of hold the ball up and look to you know create space with his runs and I think that's what both Hurst and Ladapo give you I think that'll be crucial between now and April absolutely it quite good question here is Hurst not cup tied I don't know uh the, he was at us though wasn't he that Blackburn yeah he'll have only the, had yeah, yeah the third true, round yeah. would have been the first time. So he can't have played and they no. don't play any earlier. So I assume he's, he's free to go. Uh, Michael Warner asks, do you think Wolfie and Burgess were rested? McKenna talks about blocking shots. Um, and we mentioned earlier when Morecambe had a shot, it was charged down face forward rather than turning your back and sticking out a foot. It's a good observation, that one from Michael. Yeah, definitely. They threw their line, threw their bodies on the line, which is what you want from your centre half. I, I thought both Wolfenden, Burgess, Ashley, and Danassian were too easily outmuscled with the goal against um, uh, again, uh, Oxford goal at the weekend. And, and me and Rich spoke on the pre-match show that Burgess has had a couple of deflections against Plymouth and Fleetwood. He was kind of wrong-footed and committed himself way too early for the goal against Wickham, and kind of did similar against Oxford at the weekend. So I thought if Edmondson was fit, he might come in. No one knew what the, the situation with him was, um, and maybe Wolf. Wolfenden just needs a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, not a, not a rocket. We know he's a very laid back kind of character, isn't he? Maybe he just needs a bit of a, hmm. a shot across his bowels to say, you know, I have got other options in the building that I can look to, to put in if need be. But like I say, if it he's was played, a playoff he's played final, a lot. He's played a lot of football, hasn't he? He has, yeah. But if it was a playoff final tomorrow, then you'd have, you'd have Wolfenden and, and Ender Benson. Well, definitely Wolfenden is, is one of your starting central defenders. I've got no doubts he'll come back into the side at some point. Hmm. Well, Mark Markson doesn't seem to think that we need to worry about a, <laughs> Playoff finally says we're going to win the league. That's what, that's what we like to see. And, and that's the great th- thing about being football fans, isn't it? You know, on Sunday night, we're all miserable. Saturday night, we're all miserable because, you know, it's a seven-point gap to Wednesday. It's a, uh, a ten-point gap to, to Plymouth. And suddenly today, you know, Wednesday's game is called off. So, you know, a bit of a bit of a momentum swing thinking, oh, okay, we could we could close the gap to four here. And we put in a barnstorming performance. And, you know, Plymouth and Wednesday's next game in the league will be against each other. So there's guaranteed drop points there. And then it's the the big one at Paul Monero. And that's what's great about being football fans, that it can change so so quickly and and yeah hopefully this is the start of a run for us now we've got a pretty decent lit fixture list now i know we play bristol rovers away on wednesday at home but apart from that yeah there you go what neil says it's the likes of forest green mk morecambe tonight cambridge it's sides that are down there that in reality if you've got any designs on wanting to 
you know, go up automatically and, and challenge for the title, then you should be just mm. brushing these kind of teams to one side. I think is 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 this definitely right? Is it isn't it four of the next five? Because we play Sheffield Wednesday, I think, before we play Forest Green, unless I'm mistaken. But we've got Bristol Rose in there as well. Is it after Wednesday? Mm. Bristol Rose, I think, on the midweek. Yeah, it is, so, yeah. yeah. So no, um, it, Brist, yeah, Bristol Rovers is after Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. So it must be far. Yeah, four of the next X number of games. Yeah. Mm. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Uh, Andrew Pearson asks, have we found our best starting 11 or a Morecambe just not the best side? I, 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 I don't I don't think we I don't think we have. I think we've maybe the Dapos given himself a decent shout for being in our best starting 11. I think we already knew about Burns and Chaplin, didn't we? And Broad, yeah, Broadhead maybe ahead of Harness. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I like the look of him. Um, Harness can produce a moment of magic and I'm sure he'll play a role for the second half of the season. But equally, there are times he can be sloppy in possession and, you know, give the ball away. I, I thought Broadhead was quite direct. I liked him running with the ball. A couple of times he's looking to get shots off early. So he's obviously quite a quite an attacking instinctual player. And and yeah, I, I don't think... I, I thought Morecambe tonight were... were pretty woeful you know they were like you say for that fourth goal the chaplain scored there were some real basics that they just weren't getting to grips with and and i think that you know the the standard of the opposition has to be taken into account when we're considering how good we were tonight as well and we've got a special guest joining us now um straight from the lowest bobby robson stand it's rich woodward good vibes tonight in the in the north stand rich yeah after we scored yeah definitely um (laughs) Yeah, as Seb mentioned at the start, it was a little uh, it's a cold night. Um, glasses are still steamed up. Apologies for that. Um, and it's sometimes, you know, Morecambe, it, it's a difficult one to kind of raise yourself for. But I, I, the, the great thing was that the, the team started with energy. Um, you, you guys have talked about the opening goal. Um, and by halftime, yeah, the mood had definitely changed. And um, yeah, definitely a happier place to be. 
Absolutely. What was the, what were the pick of the goals for you, Rich? We 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 liked we enjoyed the third third goal especially. Second goal yeah. was good as well. Yeah, I mean, um, there's there's nice bits about all of them. Even the first goal, it's Keo. I think it's a Keo long ball, direct ball that just cuts them apart. Um, good for Freddie to get a goal. And I, I agree with the chat that he seemed to raise his game tonight. I, I think Broadhead possibly brought out the best in him as well. We, we played into his feet. He mm. was excellent back to goal, really physical, a real threat um, throughout. Um, but yeah, the Broadhead assist for Ladapo's second to me was, was the pick of the goal. I mean, we, we've talked about Chaplin's technique a lot on this podcast um, for the fourth goal, you know, right in the corner, no keeper saving that one. But I think Broadhead, I I kind of, it's weird thing to say. I feel sorry for Broadhead because we really quickly figured out that their left-hand side was just dysfunctional for the reasons I think Seb was talking about. And so we just relentlessly attacked down, down Mm. our right, which was like last season, wasn't it? Yeah. And I mean, that was, partly Burns having uh, you know a, g- a good performance but Chaplin took a really wide position as well and made mm. that a three with Clark overloading them um, and so yeah I felt sorry for Broadhead in the, in the fact that when we did see him on the ball he was excellent um, and th- that assist proved it he probably could have scored good save by Ripley both times actually wasn't it but um, yeah that third goal Mikey class it was absolutely class. Um, I've noticed a lot of people in the live chat are already talking about the the other results. Um, so let's yeah, let's Derby let's, ruined it. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was it was nearly brilliant night all round, wasn't it? Even Joe Piggott got a goal, but Derby did their best to ruin it. Mm. So three games called off for frozen pitches. League One, baby. Uh, Bolton <laughs> um, held on. I think yeah, they had quite a difficult game against Forest Green because they were down to ten men for for so much of it. Um, Portsmouth, as we mentioned, they went and got a win at Fleetwood. Maybe they're going to pick up a little bit under John Messenio, as you mentioned, Joe Piggott on the the score sheet there. Shrewsbury won away at Milton Keynes. Derby, yeah, as we, I think Port Vale took the lead fairly early in the second half. And then David McGoldrick equalises and then they find a winner late on. Would have been absolute scenes in that away end at, at Port Vale, no doubt. And um, Wickham 2-0 victors over Oxford. Yeah, Oxford bloody home and away yeah. team, aren't they? Mm. Roll over for Wickham, but everyone everyone turns up for us, don't they? Right? They bloody <laughs> hate it. That does seem to be a thing. If you beat us, you lose your next game. Yeah. And then we'll go, oh yeah, they look a good side. Uh, so that, let's have a look at this league table then. It's looking a little bit better than it was. Yeah, it's so, still quite tight, isn't it? Yeah, it's. We've closed I'm, I mean, gap in fourth. That's, that's that's my worry yeah. now, isn't it? But... We're now, yeah. So the the good news is we're only seven points off the top and four points off second now. Sheffield Wednesday have a game in hand on us, but yeah, Derby four points below us with a game in hand, um, and yeah, Bolton not too far behind either. And yeah, d- dare we even look outside of the playoffs? We've, we've got thirteen points on on Wickham still. No, yeah, that's not. Yeah, I mean, he, even in an awful scenario, we probably finish fourth. You know, I don't think we need to worry about looking Come that on, far. Mikey. We don't even worry about looking that far down the table. Derby are no. worrying that they are relentless at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. They just yeah, Paul Paul Warren doing what Paul Warren does. That might be a really is it is it April time? I think we go there, isn't it? To Pride Park. 
I'm sure it's April. Yeah, start of April maybe. That's going to be a. Time, yeah. Um, yeah, that's going to be a, a a big, big game. But look on the bright side, you know, the next league fixtures, we'll see Plymouth playing Wednesday. So somebody is going to drop points. And then if we do the business at Cambridge, it'll be a, a rocking atmosphere at Portner for the, for the Wednesday game, won't it, the week later? April Fool's Day is Derby away. Okay, yeah. Make your own headlines, yeah. kids. Uh, Zorark says, Pipe Dream and Pompey getting some form under their new manager. They play Plymouth when we play Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday, Could they lose there? I think, yeah, we probably do expect Portsmouth to start picking up again. Still got some some half-decent players, haven't they? And, and If that's at Fratton Park as well, we know that that's a t- even when they were at their lowest, just before Cowley got the sack, they still pulled out a, a decent battling performance, didn't they? And that home support will also want to screw over the top three teams. If, if you're if you're not there yourself, you really relish screwing over someone's season, don't you? And if it gets them in into the contention for the player spots themselves, then win-win for them. So yeah, fingers crossed. You know, as we keep saying, and I think Seb mentioned it as well, you know, really need to temper some of the, the mood swings that we have on social media in particular. Points will be dropped by other teams don't worry about that. The question is, have we left ourselves too much to do to catch them? And can we get this form, this relentless form, this conti- you know, the consistency that Plymouth and Sheffield Wednesday have had is what we haven't. We know that we can create chances. We know that we can score goals when we're at our best. We just need to keep doing it. Um, and it's, it's January, guys. Nothing is won yet. And we know for a fact that if you go on a run, and other teams drop points, then anything's possible. Indeed. And I think this chimes in with that. Flim Flam there says we, we go on one of those post-Christmas runs George like we Burley did under Robson. Yeah, but and George Burley, Burley in 97, 98, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, maybe this is the start of that run where we keep scoring four or five goals at home. Um, yeah. <laughs> And it's a great chance it's to deal with the fixtures that we have coming up. You know, it's it's a really great chance now to lay down a bit of a marker tonight. Hopefully, other sides might have sat up and taken notice and thought, okay, looks like Ipswich are coming back into form. If we can have a decent performance against Burnley, and then really look to, you know, like we did at the first half of the season, we were really ruthless, weren't we, against the some of the the, the lower sides in the division. You know, the likes of Forest Green, Accrington. You know, we Morecambe away. We just kind of were professional and kind of, you know, it was always two nil, three ones, etc. If we can get back to that, Derek. I say actually a bit like when we were under Lambert when we played the, the lower sides in the league just be kind of ruthless and professional and grind out results then hopefully come the end of February there could be a uh, it could be you know a much tighter at the top of the table I mean the big yeah, thing now- for me sorry Mike just to jump in on, on tonight um, the, the probably I haven't seen from us in a while was was just how we set after Morecambe straight from the first whistle. I know the first goal conveniently comes within a minute and a half or whatever it is, but I haven't seen us press and force mistakes in, just in front of their penalty area, kind of within their half um, all season. We, you know, Chaplin was relentless. Evans, Morsey were breaking in there, trying to make stuff happen. Obviously, the Dapo was physical tonight as well. And I kind of feel that, I, I know you guys were kind of debating about, can we do this? Or someone asked a question about, can we do this against the top six? I think on our day, no one wants to face the, uh, the attacking options we have. If we press and go after teams and force mistakes, we will get chances against the big, big six teams as well. So, that to me was probably apart from Keo's. I think it was Michael said, called him like the Mogger. I think that's a massive takeaway yeah. from tonight as well. By the way, Keo, um, he was the one captaining on certainly the captain the defence 
and probably something we've missed. But yeah, that the the kind of badgering, I think, is probably the word I would use of the opposition is something that we can really take out of tonight's game and try and you know get on the front foot early and pester teams like we did tonight. Not many teams will live with that. But not and and not just that, Rich. But once we scored and once we scored again, we just kept coming and coming and coming, yeah. didn't we? Yeah. I know. Obviously, we will we will leave ourselves exposed some sometimes, and you will like Morecambe were never really going to punish us, were they? When we when we did get caught high up the pitch with the amount of players they had back, but still to just be as positive as we were in that first half, it would be great to see against one of the top sides, wouldn't it? It yeah, it would, and you know. If you show up in the same fashion at Cambridge, then the confidence will be there, won't it, for that game against Sheffield Wednesday. And who knows what's going to happen with Sheffield Wednesday and Plymouth. Um, It could be a really fascinating game, that one, and a real momentum swinger in our favour if things go our way. What do we want there out of interest? What's your thoughts? What what I know we'll discuss it closer to the time, but is a draw our best option there? Do you think, or oh. are we think are we thinking Plymouth? Uh, no, sorry, for, for the Plymouth Sheffield Wednesday game, are we thinking Plymouth are gone? <laughs> think we'll take a draw at home. Sheffield <laughs> yeah, <Wednesday>. brilliant. <laughs> no, no, are we thinking a draw there is the best kind of result? Are we thinking Plymouth maybe are gone, and therefore we're, we're focusing on hunting down Wednesday, or how do you see it? <sighs> I don't want. I think a, I think a draw because it keeps yeah. all of all of keeps the them both relevant to us. Okay. Arrived, yeah. Okay. yeah, I think yeah. and and again we we, we uh, really I can really record the Telegram group has really come into its own over the last week or so. Given as I said the batshit craziness of Twitter, um, but we've been sharing the the kind of XG performance of the league table, the relative performance between points gathered and XG, and we keep saying it, and maybe it won't happen. We talked about it on the pre match with Plymouth. Um, according to XG, shouldn't they be in the sixth or something like that yeah. based on the quality of the chances? Like, I know that's a crap metric, right? And I know there will be people going, XG means nothing, Rich. But it tells us a story and Plymouth can go on a crap run just as much as Sheffield Wednesday. You, they lose Mumba to an injury or suspension. Who knows what? I know I'm clutching at straws a little bit, but there is plenty to run here. So I agree with Mike. You get a draw there, keep them both in within arm's reach. Um, who knows? There's still a lot of Harry Clark love coming in Ooh. in the comments, lads. So Pete Girl says Davis looks miffed that he's no longer the best fullback at the club. Steady on, but it was some some debut. How how was he received by the by the crowd, Rich, in the stadium? I, again, I felt because the atmosphere wasn't particularly, you know optimistic or enthusiastic is probably a better word you didn't you know he got a positive reception I'd, I'd, I'm not sure I, you know I love Foz but he's not he's not generating the noise on the team and I, th- I think he almost ran out of time to read out Harry Clark's name whereas I think in the past Rob Charlie would have you know made a big thing making his first appearance back in yeah, yeah but we didn't really get much of that it was kind of oh crap I've got to say 44 Harry Clark whatever it was mm. um but when he got into it yeah uh, he he just slotted right in there and you know I'm I'm I feel sorry for January Dynasty we talked about this I think last week but <laughs> yeah. that, that that right back is is his his spot now uh, yeah it has mm. to be I'm afraid and because of that connection between him Chaplin and Burton's that looked like they've been playing you know for a season together rather than a he's few clearly weeks. he's clearly such an intelligent footballer and and good footballers as well they gravitate towards the yeah. The, the best players and he's already done that hasn't he like the way he's linking up with with Chaplin and hopefully now unlike last season when we're pushed over pushing over to that right hand side we're going to free up 
slightly better options over on the left-hand side, such as such as Broadhead. And that's when Evans swinging those diagonals, Mikey. It's yeah. going to come into his own, isn't it? Because you've you've got you've got Broadhead and, and you've got Davis Bowman yeah. on as well. Yeah. Uh, Flynn Flam says with Broadhead and Clark, we've not just added quality but goals. Um, yeah, obviously Davis didn't score tonight, but he he looks maybe more of an attacking fullback than what many of us were expecting. Certainly more so than Tanasian, who we do like a fantastic player as well. And he's a confident lad. At one point in the second half, he kind of lined one up from what sort of 25 yards out but deflected out for a corner, wasn't it? So he's clearly a, a confident lad as well. I'd, I'd imagine we'll see him hopefully scoring, you know, at least one of those long ranges for the end of the season. He's a, yeah, not afraid to, if, if, if the space opens up, he's not afraid to have a crack, is he? I would call him swashbuckling. There you go. There's the word of the evening. Swashbuckling. Like it. Enjoyed. Nobody says Burns on six goals and seven assists now. He's had his knockers this season, but he's still churning out the decent stats. He's, I mean, he's not he's not brilliant every game, but he's he's been pretty productive, hasn't he? Certainly the last few weeks. Yeah, scoring goals more than creating in the last few weeks. But yeah, tonight back to his kind of assisting best. And mm. we missed him second half as much as Jackson. We we know that felt like more of a kind of an audition for that for for making that backup spot um, behind Burns um, Jackson's. I didn't, I'm not sure he really grasped that opportunity particularly well. But you could tell that we missed Burns direct running, and and obviously in the first half their their left back just couldn't. Was, it, was he? At, you say he was a forward out of position, Seb, their left back. Yeah, Maya. On the well, this is just based on some internet research on a couple of websites. He's a 17 year old who is listed as a left forward, not a left wing back. So I think they pushed him back a little bit, and yeah, the poor kid just just couldn't cope. Could he? He was hooked at half time along with their left sided centre back. They completely changed the the left hand left handed side of the team to try and you know cope with the the wave after wave they were facing. So yeah, I think he was just a young kid out of position. But I th- the the thing that Burns has added, sorry, Mike, is right. he's he's a lot more physical. Actually, he's 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 taking he's taking his man on. He's he's and he's beating them a lot, but actually getting stuck in there as well, breaking stuff up and trying to turn over the ball as well. And he's he's got much better at getting his head up to pull a cross back for someone as well. Whereas you know Jackson got into similar positions and just pinged it across, it, didn't, didn't he? he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Martin says, was Davis limping at the end? feels like Groundhog Day, this, doesn't it? He, yeah, he, he always seems to be at the end of games. Probably cramped by the way that he was stretching He's it grabbing out his and... foot, yeah. I, I, he did take a knock and went, because he, he, I think he was on the ground for a bit, um, for a stoppage, but we were a little bit worried about that in the North Stand. So, yeah, I, I'm, he might get... Uh, Lee will have a rest, will yeah, 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 Lee, Lee can start against Burnley. Give Davis a rest. Uh, Dr. Zach King asks, Saturday could be fun. What do you do against a very good team? See what happens. It should be good, shouldn't it? It should be exciting. Me and Ben will cover it more on the on on the pre-match show. I've got a Burnley season ticket mate who I spoke to today about it, and he's yeah, he's looking forward to it as well. He said it'll be two good attacking sides. He says the football they're playing under company is just like nothing they've never seen before, you know, having seen 10 years of, of Sean Dyche. He's confident going into it. Obviously, we'll be confident going into it after tonight. And I think hopefully it will be two, you know, two sides looking to, to really attack each other. He thinks they'll make a few changes and rest a few because they've got some tricky games coming up on the horizon. Obviously, they've got eyes firmly on returning to the Premier Premier League, which, to be fair, they're so far clear of everybody. That should be a formality at this stage. But, but yeah, I think it should hopefully be two. I'm, I'm hoping that both sides don't make too many changes and it kind of affects the like you know the momentum and stuff. I'd like to see is a real test and see two sides kind of going at each other to see what what they can do. 
And, and we'll, Rich, we'll you quite you. fancy a, a draw and a trip to Turf Moor, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think it's of anything I want. It's, it's before Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. If 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 I if it, if I'm McKenna and it's the 89th minute and it's a draw, I am shouting to someone to grab someone in the penalty area or for Walton to back heel it into his own net. We do not you, want that. Replay. You do the Ted Lasso signal, and then suddenly Morsey goes and two foot somebody in the area and uh, yeah. and gives away a penalty for them to win the game. Yeah, I was just no, gonna... no one wants to go to to Turf Moor on a Tuesday night. A question for you guys and the chat: Can anyone think of a of a more rapid? conversion of a side from one style of play to another which has been positive we can all think of it Ipswich in 18 19 I think we can all think of that transition but what a complete turnaround there under company and seemingly just with one pre-season as well that's it's unbelievable guys can, can you think of any other instances where a team has completely changed its style of play from you know with respect one-dimensional stuff under Daesh wasn't it low percentage stuff to now they're just the highest possession team in probably in the 92 aren't there something like that so yeah, quite I, I don't like it one bit i thought no. thought the, the old burnley style suited them perfectly suited <laughs> the surroundings yeah yeah we'll i see you at turf game. it goes to a replay mikey <laughs> you won't because i ticks it off last season uh don't think yeah i was there for val veghorst debut for burnley against um against watford i don't think he won a single header um <laughs> Wind was blowing a hoolie. Where's he now? Um, hey? Where's he now? Yeah, he wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a suggestion. Um, Bielsa at Leeds. Okay, but even, well, even that took a couple of goes to really sink in, didn't it? They had a mm. they they failed the year that we beat them on the last day of the season. They lost in the playoffs that year, didn't they? So even I'm just trying to remember a... what they were like before Bielsa. Obviously, not as high intensity, but. I cannot remember who the Leeds manager was. There were probably so many in a, in that time period. But yeah, they, they took a couple of years, I think, to really, really get going. Uh, Flim Flam suggests maybe Wenger's Arsenal. But did he take over from George Graham or was the Bruce Rioch? Bruce Rioch in between, wasn't it? So yeah, I think they maybe weren't as, as um, what was it, boring, boring Arsenal um, pre-Wenger. But yeah, certainly the culture change was a massive one, wasn't it? I mean, Paul Cook to McKenna is... Is is a is a culture change as well, isn't it? No disrespect to Paul Cook doing well at mm. Chesterfield. But... Uh, Zuark says ten hard post Ronaldo. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a Cristiano Ronaldo mention on the on the podcast, and then watch the views come in. <laughs> um, Marston says company heavily linked oh, with Everton today. I think, thinking. yeah, I wouldn't. If I was company, even if it's something in it, I wouldn't be looking to leave to leave Burnley. Everton are a basket case. I've seen the owners put them up for sale today. He wants 500 million quid. He said he'll accept yeah. offers. But I think if you're a young aspiring manager in your, your second job, obviously it was Andalect last year, but in your second job and you're, you're probably nigh on guaranteed a return to the Premier League, I, I don't know why you would possibly even consider that. Repeat after me, owners relegate clubs. Harry from <laughs> Bath, the most profound thing I think we've ever said on the, the podcast in our nine years. Brilliant. Uh, Norman Greenwell, uh, Southgate in England. Yeah, I suppose it was after Sam Allardyce, wasn't it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's also been linked with the Everton job, <laughs> apparently. Have you, been, have you been linked with it yet, Mikey? <laughs> <laughs> When's my turn? When's Seb's go? No, so. As you know, it's far too northern for me. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. So they, I guess we we look ahead to Cambridge as well. Then, um, it, is this Saturday's game? Do you think it's going to kind of be a hybrid 
hybrid team of who play tonight and who is going to play against Kate. Well, actually, no, that's probably not quite right, is it? But we, we, we've generally played quite strong teams in the Cup so far, haven't we? Do we expect that to carry on this weekend? And if so, who would you like to see come in and who's got a chance of getting in that team for Cambridge next week? Uh, I'm happy to have a go because Seb's got a whole pre-match show to give his theories, isn't he? Um, yeah. I, I, th- I think there'll be some rotation. Now, I, I think Hurst will play up front. I, um, that's probably one of the most nailed on things I can think of there. I think Jackson will probably play as well. Um, but I, I wouldn't be changing too much. It'd be interesting. Yeah. I, uh, Hladke will play. Greg, Greg Lee. Great, yeah. I think it'll be very similar to the Rotherham team. Um, maybe a bit more rotation than that, but... I, I think we probably need to accept that we're we're the underdogs in this one. Um, try and contribute, and you know we'll play the way that we we know that McKenna sets the team up to do. But yeah, let's just get through it without any injuries. If we can get some morale boosting goals into people, fantastic. If we can pull off a shock because Burnley don't give it their full attention, fantastic. But it's all about Cambridge. It's all about the league now. So um, it, yeah, getting minutes into players, keeping everyone else fresh. That's what it's about. And I think Martin's asked here, barring any injuries, does tonight's team start at Cambridge? We probably don't expect to see Keogh again, do we, Seb? I don't know. I don't know. I know. Yeah, go on, Seb. Give me your theory on this one. I think if Wolfenden's... We need to find out in the post-match if Wolfenden was just dropped or injured or whatever. If, if, if he was just dropped, I maybe would expect him to sit out Burnley and then maybe come back in against Cambridge but you, you never know you know none of us would have said that Keogh would have started tonight um, Edmondson we, we debated for you know the last couple of pre-match shows about where is he and what's going on with him he just seems way off it in the moment so I wouldn't be surprised if he were to start again maybe even against Burnley the weekend and look just to get that match fitness back up again but but for me I think Wolfenden is the you know the better player so if he is fit then I'd probably have him back in alongside Edmondson at the back and, and stick Keogh at the back to the bench or back in his kind of you know dressing room morale boosting <laughs> role Get back in the dressing room. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I think this Edmondson Keo, I think we might have stumbled across something tonight. I know Keo's not as sexy as Wolfenden for some people in lots of different ways, but I, you know, Keo's got something about him. Um <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that one. Um I just think that um uh, yeah, a lot I liked Edmondson, what Edmondson did tonight. I think someone it might be Michael again talking about facing down those shots rather than turning back and all that kind of stuff and Edmondson did that took a few just took a few knocks I think Keogh's just no nonsense but he but he adds some calmness there and communication as well and I think we lack that and whilst Wolfenden is an excellent footballer don't get me wrong he's not a leader at the back there as far as I'm concerned and with Walton not necessarily being the most communicative either I don't think that's Davis I don't think it's Clark I do think Keo brings something additional in just respect of calmness, organization. And whilst he might not be as, you know, exciting a prospect as Wolfenden is, we've got a clean sheet tonight, guys. Would you would you really change it? I don't but know. we have to remember Morgan were pretty, you know, shocking. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. got, you got to remember but, who it's against. But but Cambridge have lost four on the bounce, except. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. But I, I wouldn't feel comfortable going into the Wednesday game, for example, okay. with Keogh yeah, at, okay. at, at the back. Different debate there. I, I on, the, that, on, the, on the on the eye follower, you probably heard it in the stadium, it came across, was it Keogh in the second half really marshalling people and talking people through the game? And, okay, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, really useful. And he's he's got a he's got a kind of a, a thread-the-needle pass 
in his yeah. locker yeah, as well. Yeah, he's always been a ball playing ball playing centre back, yeah. hasn't he? I think we're just maybe a little bit worried about him going back towards his own goal. Sure. Yeah, if we'd got him five years ago, the the Kia that I saw quite routinely at Coventry had a bit more pace about him. But even so, he's, he's he knows where to be, and yeah, he was definitely barking instructions. And I think that benefited everyone, particularly when you consider you've got a lot of debutants, including Clark at right back. Yeah, McSawsman um, mm. says he thinks Kia's too slow against the better teams with how far Clark pushes forward. Uh, Zuark, thanks for that, mate. McKenna first interview post game, no mention of Wolfenden being injured. Says a lot of Keo being experienced to help Clark and deal with Stockton. So again, go. again, McKenna's horses for courses, which he'll continue to do all season. Keep us guessing. Um, gives you loads of stuff to talk about in the pre-match shows, doesn't it, Seb? Um, and Rich, of course. But this this week, Seb, it's it's you and Ben, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I'm going to tap into Ben's amazing championship knowledge and just yeah, sit back and have a nice easy week for a change. No minimal research done by me and Ben will discuss Burnley to death because he's very very well qualified to, to talk about how good they are this season, how amazing they are. It's a pre-record. It'll be pre-recorded on Thursday evening, so it should be available whenever Rich presses the upload button, which is normally either late on a Thursday or first thing Friday for the game. It'll on be Saturday. first thing on a Friday because I'm going to see editors on Thursday oh, yeah, night you are. in Cambridge. To, yeah, I forgot about that. So, friend of the pod, Ed Lane, I might bump into him at some point, hopefully. But yeah, I'll be, if you're in Cambridge and or in the adjacent area and looking for somewhere to be on Thursday night, I can recommend Cambridge Corn Exchange editors live. There you go. That's where I'll be. Brilliant. And anything else to plug before we go, guys? Uh, only to repeat that if if you, like I, are, are finding Twitter are not a healthy place for your mindset, and well-being to be then please come and join us on telegram it's a lot more rational a lot more calm and considered so i can thoroughly recommend that and i guess we 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 really should thank everyone else who contributes to that because they're part of that uh, more so than we are if, if, if anything so yeah do come and join us on telegram thanks to all the guys who make that such a an enjoyable place to discuss football because it's yeah chalk and cheese compared to twitter Absolutely. Let's go for a couple more comments just before we go. Mr. Ipswich Towns says, Keo Edmondson and Clark was used for height. Morecambe are never going to pass through us. Three tall centre-backs helped, helped the aerial threat. I think, yeah, there's probably something in that. I think all, all of our centre-backs are, are pretty big, aren't they? But um, Just thinking about it, it was Keo and Edmondson that started at Morecambe as well, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a return to that partnership. Yeah, dealt with Stockton well. I mean, he's not the player he was last year, is he? But he's a bit of a kind of a physical uh, physical threat. So, yeah, they did really well against him. This trip switched towns. So yeah, I was going to mention I was going to ask why has he got a picture of Paul Lambert? Yeah, I was going to ask that. Yeah. <laughs> Just a don't add a mirror to forget you. about, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Ashley Bell says up, up the telegram. David Bergen says it as well. Telegram is brilliant. So, yeah. Follow Rich's advice and join join the Telegram. And join us and for the yeah. flagship on Sunday as well, Mikey. Yep, join us for, for the flagship on Sunday. Do you know who's on that one, Rich? Uh, probably me. I think Dave might be on it. Ben might be on it again. Um, we'll sort it out. They'll, whatever happens, 8 p.m. live on YouTube and on podcast thereafter. Um, come and get involved. Indeed. 4-0 win tonight, lads. Smiles on these faces. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. 
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.